previously on what happened to the 9 to 5. I'm actually quite boggled that we have such a labor shortage. Everybody's backlogged. Everybody's backlogged. It's also hard to find people that are willing to work. And it has to do with the pandemic that started. Um, having a little bit of a labor shortage every now and then is a good thing. And coming up, we'll hear from an expert on this topic as she works directly with employment services. It's the slowest moving train on the planet. It has been predictable for 60 to 65 years ago, and we have done nothing about it. And a unique perspective from the construction industry. I heard that we need at least another like 10 workers in order to keep up with our current work. It's honestly just crazy. You are listening to episode two of our three-part series all about the labor shortage, the causes, the opinions, and what we can do about it. This is being recorded from the Launchpad in Hanover, from the creators of the What's Your 9 to 5 podcast. We don't want to waste any more of your time on this intro, so let's get into it. I spoke with Kim from Employment Services YMCA, and I asked for her much-needed perspective on this. What are the main causes of our current labor shortage? Wow, what a loaded question right out of the gates. I love it. Um, All right, so I guess you could look at one of the main factors is that we have an aging population. Um, We have um, people seeking work-life balance more than ever before. Um, There's occupations that exist now that weren't around two years ago. So uh, remote work could also play a bit of a factor into the labor shortage um, because, you know, you could be living in Hanover but be working for a company out of the United Kingdom. Uh, There's options out there that have never been um, available. Interesting. COVID really did change our lifestyle quite drastically. I had a COVID question coming up, but I'm curious on data. Journalists and the media use different statistics and percentages in their articles. And as a reader, I don't know sometimes what is true or exaggerated. I wondered if there was actual specific and credible data that is located to our Grey Bruce area and Canada-wide. I guess if you look at um, our four-county labor market board, um, they have a retreated worker survey out uh, until October 15th, actually. Um, so this is focusing on why those um, who are not working um, in the Stratford-Bruce Peninsula uh, region um, and so that's a, there's going to be a report come out around that, which will give us a, a better indication, too. Uh, in a nutshell, I would say that mostly it's due to our aging population. According to Statistics Canada, the unemployment uh, to job vacancy rate is actually at a historic uh, low across the country, um, indicating that are, there are currently more um, jobs available than there are workers to fill them right now. Um, and it looks as though uh, 20% of the Canadian workers are eligible to retire in 2026. So that's really soon. Um, So there's lots of interesting takes on labor shortages. Um, But I I quite like this quote uh, in an article I read in uh, CBC. It's it's the slowest moving train on the planet. It has been predictable for 60 to 65 years ago, and we have done nothing about it. Um, We knew this transition was going to happen. In fact, the ratio is significantly lower now than it was before COVID-19 began. So uh, there's lots of reasons why there's labor shortages. And, uh, you know, time will tell. And we, I think everyone's wanting the best. And that will make a big difference. This slow-moving train feels like it's coming in fast. Especially how in 2026, 20% of workers are eligible for retirement. That's crazy. I was curious also at just how difficult it is to have everything balanced. 
With constant foreign affairs happening, inflation, cost of living, and rent going up more and more, what's actually going on with these unpredictable factors? Yeah, absolutely. All of these affect one another. Um, So, for example, uh, if I have a friend named Joan, and she's working at a software company, and her rent has increased, but her wages have not. So Joan's less likely to probably go out for dinner, probably will look at her groceries and look at where she can make some cuts. Um, She might do things like stay in and watch a movie instead of going to the movie theater. So our economy needs people working, spending money to keep the inflation um, from continuing to grow. So we've heard uh, this old saying that uh, a week's wages should pay a month's rent. But that doesn't seem uh, very possible anymore for many working families. Yeah, it's hard to balance. Um, you know, the Food and Agricultural Organization actually reports that global food prices reached the all-time high in February. Um, so it's raised like an astonishing 24% uh, over the last year. So just to kind of put that into perspective, um, if if my calculations are right, uh, 24% on today's minimum wage of 1550, um, that would mean that the minimum wage needs to be, you know, roughly 1950. So that's a that's a pretty big jump for our economy to take on many different levels. Okay. Wow. Raising minimum wage sounds like that could be a great way to go. However, just like what Kim said, that is quite a massive jump for our economy to take on many different levels. There is no exact simple solution to this, it sounds. Although, I wondered if we would be experiencing such a labor shortage if COVID didn't happen. Uh, The pandemic may have played a role in uh, some of our workforce, um, because some people retired earlier. Um, Other families took and reevaluated their spending, and, you know, maybe they can, they only need one car, or maybe they only need one person working in the family. Um, People really reevaluated things. Um, but COVID also, as I mentioned, created jobs that didn't exist or weren't available to um, to many people, right? If you didn't have transportation, well, now you could access jobs that are remote, right? Um, so, yeah, I don't know if we'll ever get back to a pre-COVID work environment, um, but there's always going to be those occupations that are in person or away from a desk. Um, so, yeah, so we, I would say we won't it will never probably be the same, which is okay, right? COVID did bring on a lot of wonderful things um, that kind of forced people to realize like, hey, we need the technology um, to kind of keep up with where we are. Um, so that, that can be exciting. I'm a, kind of a find the, the silver lining kind of person. So I think looking at that and focusing on where we are now and where we want to go um, in the workplace and on the job site and wherever we are, um, is what's, what's really important. I do love how optimistic Kim is. I feel like many of us would really benefit from it. And so, I wonder, using this positive approach, is it possible for us to see a difference? What can we do? Yeah, there are there's lots of great opportunities that are already kind of in the works uh, that our, our provincial and federal government, government have put in place. Um, they're really investing in training opportunities that will connect individuals with education, you know, way quicker than, you know, going off to a three-year course or looking at, you know, really um, 
you know, promoting the trades, right, and connecting with apprenticeships. Um, you know, the YMCA and other community partners uh, locally here in Gray and Bruce have supported um, nearly 200 individuals to train in positions that support our long-term care homes. Um, so I suspect that we will see more programming uh, that supports uh, kind of a quicker entry into the workforce um, that, that should support that decrease in our labor shortage. That is something that I think could really help for the future, having quicker and more efficient pathways into the workforce. And also how Kim said promoting trades. As we are getting very technologically advanced, it is important that we don't forget about the trades. I've heard a lot from the construction industry how the labor shortage is drastically affecting their work as well. I spoke with Daniel, who worked for quite a big construction framing company, who mostly did work in the agriculture area. He said that all construction companies are looking for people, no matter your skill level. Oh man, it's hectic at the moment. I heard that we need at least another like 10 workers in order to keep up with our current work. It's honestly just crazy. Yeah, okay. Well, are the bosses and foremen constantly doing interviews, or are there no applications coming in? I'm not too sure how often applications are coming in. But look, like, I won't be around the bush. What, what I'm constantly hearing on the site is how there is a lack of reliability in this industry. Reliability? What do you mean? Well, in my experience... Look, my foreman and my company have been great to me. I came from Australia not really knowing much at all about construction, and they have taught me a lot in such a short period of time. And they were actually like really, really patient with me. But I saw a lot of workers being very inconsistent with coming to work and having different priorities. I'm 24 years old and my wife is pregnant, so I'm always going to be at work because we need that income for the family we are creating. But I really hope that, say, if I didn't have such a commitment to wife and baby... I hope I would be just as consistent and reliable for my boss. But I do hear about it a lot, I hear how bosses are struggling because their workers are in and out all the time. I, I don't think it's a young or old person thing, but I think it's a like a cultural thing maybe. I don't really know, but I do think something needs to change in maybe like our, maybe our work ethic. For some people, maybe. I don't know. I haven't actually been here that long, but the same things that are happening here are happening in Australia. Right. Okay. I hear what you're saying. So if you were to boil it down to three key things or three character attributes, per se, what do you think they would be? Oof. Yeah, well, um, I would say being reliable, like showing up on time or early, have a good work ethic. Don't get afraid to get your hands dirty because I think nowadays we are so conditioned to what we we can and can't do but I really think with a good work ethic you might surprise yourself with what you can do and lastly I would say ownership if you make a mistake own it blaming people doesn't help anyone I found anyway when I didn't know something or I made a mistake and trust me I made a lot of mistakes on the work site being new and old I thought just own it you might get laughed at and be a joke but it but at the end of the day I found that people really do respect you like, here's a story about ownership, right? In Australia, we use the metric system. Centimetres, metres, kilometres, you know what I mean. And I know in Canada is supposed to be using the metric system, but with construction, nah, it's all imperial. I remember my first day, right, my boss asked me to cut a 2 by 4 to 15 and 5 eighths. And I was like, what? <laughs> my boss looked at me as if I thought the earth was flat, and I had two options. 
go and cut the 2x4 to what I think might be 15 or 5 eighths, or just own it and told him I have no idea what that means. It was pretty embarrassing to tell him I didn't know how to read the tape measure, but he showed me. I listened, I asked more questions, and then I got to work. And if I had more questions, I would just ask. Simple as that. That was an interesting conversation. And he definitely said some things that sometimes we forget about. However, I then spoke with a business owner, and she said how she is not experiencing a labor shortage at all, which was incredibly surprising considering who I've been speaking to lately. So then I asked her how does she keep her employees around? That keeps them with us. Um, not really. I mean, we just keep, we've just been going about things as we do. Um, and I'm just lucky that we have a, a, a small group that we work well together. And yeah, and, and the hours, I think people like our hours. We're only open eight till three. So the longest shift, which is the one that I do, is uh, 7.30 to 3.30-ish, depending on how much cleaning we have to do. Um, so then the other girls are in just like 10 till 3, 10 till 4. So the hours here are appealing, I think, and the fact that we're closed on Sundays. I, as well, do not enjoy working Sundays. However, what about work culture? A good work culture is important. How do you keep it? Yeah, it's an actually good culture. We have a lot of fun. We have really good customers. I think that makes a difference, too. We really have very few uh, overly demanding or difficult, <laughs> I don't know how you want to say it, um, customers. They're all, we've got a lot of regulars, and they're all really nice people, and, and we get to know them, like, on a good level. So they're not just faces. So, you know, I think that makes a difference, too. I've been thinking about what Natalie was saying. And it's great that her work is able to offer ideal and convenient hours. However, this can't always be the case for many different jobs. So I liked how she spoke about the team working well together, being united, and then also the customers being genuinely kind and understanding as well. I have heard how in many jobs, particularly in customer service, the workers put up with a lot. We cannot use names for confidentiality reasons. One more time. We cannot use names for confidentiality reasons, but a general manager who owns a franchise company has said that he has been very disappointed at how customers have been treating his younger workers. He told me that the workers are being called horrible names and being sworn at for taking so long. Whereas this is the first job for so many young people and they don't need to hear this. However, although it's so unfair, if you are someone who's listening to this and is scared of getting into the workplace for this reason, you are scared of failure and you're worried about letting the team down. Don't let it hold you back. Of course we will make mistakes, and I guess that's where ownership really matters. And many people I've spoken to have said that they also think it's very respectable. Something to think about. Anyways, thank you for listening to episode 2 of our investigative series of What Happened to the 9 to 5 podcast. We'll have our final episode next Wednesday, where we've got a great interview planned who will be bringing great insight to this topic, as well as hearing from the young people in the area and how they want to be a part of the solution. Thank you for listening. Thank you.